talking about. I remember our services many years ago and when we'd have meetings and you could feel the conviction of God move over the congregation. You don't do that as much as now as you used to. And I'm not talking about just here. I'm talking about everywhere across the board. I'm going to tell you tonight why that's that way. And uh, it doesn't just, I, I don't believe it's all, uh, you know, I don't think you blame, well, we, I know we can blame somebody for it. And we're going to look at this tonight. And I pray the Lord will help us. And uh, we're not where we used to be either. We have to remember that. The church ain't, and we ain't. But I remember we would have meetings, and uh, we'd give an invitation. Uh, we may sing three or four invitation songs. Ain't that right, Brother Burl? One right after another, and you could feel God moving. Uh, and I'd do it now if I could feel God moving in the hearts of people. I mean, when they're sitting there like stumps or standing there like stumps, and you can tell God's not moving, I've preached long enough to know when God, the Holy Ghost, is moving in hearts. You might not know exactly who in the church is being dealt with, but you knew somebody was being dealt with. And sometimes you could tell who it was, and you could just preach and pray and sing, and you could see God working on them individuals. And if one song didn't get them, you'd get another one. And if you, that, that song didn't get them, you'd get another one. And the saints of God were standing there praying while that was going on. We're living in a day now when people uh, don't want but a verse or a half a verse or two verses of a song. They're too busy. We come to church too busy, ladies and gentlemen. And we don't come to church to see people saved. We come to church to get out on time. I'm serious. That's where it's happened. And, and uh, the devil's been an instigator of that. He's been doing it. I remember one of the churches I pastored, and we didn't do anything special except the people prayed, and we preached. And every time we give an invitation, somebody, maybe one, sometimes two, sometimes three, would come to the altar and get saved. Now, where they were all coming from, I don't know at that time. But there'd be somebody there, either a church member that'd been there a while, get saved, or somebody in the community had come and they'd get saved. And for 13 services, never will forget this, 13 services in a row, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, 13 services in a row. I'm not talking about missing one. At least one person got saved. Amen. I remember seeing that. I know you've seen that, haven't you, Brother Burl? Things like that. And we don't have it now. Amen. And we, we'd like to get back to that. At least I would. And I pray tonight. But hey, our minds have changed. Our hearts have changed. Our churches have changed. All right. Take your Bible tonight and go into the book of 1 Timothy. And we'll use that for the introduction and keep it going. We're not staying. I'm only going to read one verse. And this message today has troubled my heart. Uh, God broke my heart this afternoon as I studied this. It's not something I was going to preach. I was going to go back to Ezekiel and finish up those over there and bring out some more thoughts. And the Lord wouldn't let me do it. And I'm not arguing with the Lord. Amen. I just went to what He wanted me to do. He had another message I studied for a little bit. But God zeroed me in on this one verse of Scripture. 
And I want to give you some things, and I believe you're going to see what I'm talking about. The song you sung tonight, brother, fits right in with what we got, and I'm talking about with people trying to get saved, and we don't see that, and I'm troubled about that tonight. In 1 Timothy, chapter number uh, 3 and verse number 15, now this is a verse that you ought to memorize, uh, chapter of 3 and verse 15 of 1 Timothy. And uh, I've, I've been preaching last week. I preached on uh, the, the uh, Bible, you know, plan for men and, uh, you know, the role, the Bible role for women. I preached on that, I think, in the last little bit. But tonight I'm going to start with the Bible role of the church. And I wasn't planning on doing that tonight. But I want to look at this, and I believe it's right at, at the place. And so we'll just get into it in 1 Timothy chapter number 3, or chapter number 3 and verse number 15. Paul said, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself. Now he's talking to the church. How are we going to know how we ought to behave? Amen. We're going to know by the word of God. But he says here, uh, how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now he's talking about the church tonight. The church it is the church of the living God. It is also the pillar and ground of the truth. Amen. And there's where we find out how that we ought to behave ourselves. We ought to find out how we ought to live on every day of our life down at the house of God, from the Word of God, through the preaching of the Word of God. Right? I don't believe we're wrong there. All right, let's bow our heads, ask God's leadership. Father, help us tonight to stand in the gap, make up the hedge for the Lord. I pray tonight you give us liberty, wisdom, and understanding in the Scriptures. And Lord, may we rightly divide the word of truth. May we not, Lord, tonight uh, step out of line. Lord, I pray that we'll stay right straight, right square in the word. God, may we exalt the word, lift the word, preach the word. And then when we get out of the door tonight, may we go live the word. We'll give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Lord, lay out in our lives what we need to be doing, how we need to do it. And God, may you get the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now I want to look at this. The devil tonight, let me just say, there's three entities in, in the, I guess you'd say the Bible. Of course, there's oh, more than one, three. But there's three things I've noticed in 50-something years of preaching the Word of God that the devil has done havoc on. And uh, he's used these three things to almost destroy uh, the United States of America. Amen. And he'll do it if we can let him continue to do it. And our nation's not what it used to be. I believe anybody with the right mind would say that. I don't think it's over. I just think it's going down. And I used to say, if we don't have revival and get it turned around, it's going down. But at some point in time, if we continue to go like we're going, it's going to go down. Amen. You can mark it down. It won't change and I mean, until God changes our hearts and minds. So we want to talk about the biblical role of the church for a moment. 
And I want to tell you the three entities that the devil's using. I'm going to only preach on one of them tonight. One of them, the devil has attacked the church like I've never seen him attack it in all the years I've been pastoring. The second thing is I've never seen the devil attack the home as much as he's attacked it in the last 50 years of my preaching. And I've never seen the devil attack the pulpit as much as I've seen him in the last 50 years. Those three things is what's taken our nation uh, to the bottom. Amen. And if we don't address those three problems, we're going to get in trouble. And brother, we're already there. And I'm afraid that we're not going to change it. That's what scares me to death. Amen. I know there's enough of God's people in America to turn the country upside down for the glory of God. I don't believe tonight that we're so far gone that we couldn't raise it up again. I'm just wondering, are we going to? Are we going to try our part? We're so complacent in what we believe. We're so complacent in how we live that we're not so sure, at least I'm not, that we're going to change anything. Amen. We're waiting on somebody else to stand up. We're waiting on somebody else to stand in the gap. We're waiting on somebody to step forth. And so it is, nobody steps forth. Amen. I read in the scriptures this morning that God looked for a man to stand in the gap, make up the hedge. And he goes down to say, and I found none. Brother, that's where we are tonight, and I hate to say that, but I believe it. Now, the biblical role of the church is this. The Bible said that the church was the pillar and ground of truth. It's not Washington. It's not Baptists. It's not religion. It's not denominations. The pillar and ground of truth is the church of the living God. Now, there's a lot of so-called churches but there's not but one true church. Everybody seems to believe that they are the church. Amen. And the one will say our denomination is the church. Another says our denomination is the church. The Jehovah's Witness believe they're the church. The Mormons believe they're the church. The Seventh-day Adventists believe they're the church. Sometimes Baptists think that they're the church. But I'm telling you, church is the born-again believers that have trusted God for their salvation and been washed in the blood. That's the church. Amen. The blood washed. And so I'll get that straightened out and believe it. But if you're going to find uh, the ground and pillar of truth... It's not the organizations of the world. It's not the colleges. It's not the seminaries. It's not the the learning centers of the country. It's the church. God intended for the church to set the pillar and the ground of truth and to let you know if you're going to find the truth, you're going to have to find it at the church. And if you can't find it at the church, you're not going to get it. Is that plain enough? God's laid that out, hasn't He? He's put it to us. So we need to do what we can to find our place. Not only tonight is the church the ground and pillar of truth, but I'm giving you a few things and just as a way of introduction and I'll get down to some things that's broken my heart. And that is this. The church is also the restraining force of the world. It's the restraining force tonight uh, for the flesh, for the world, and for the devil. Amen. The church is what's keeping your flesh straight. Amen. Amen. Keeps you from getting in sin. Amen. And if you don't let the church do that for you, you're going to be in a mess. 
That's why our lives are falling apart. That's why we got so much today going on with with, uh, all the different sort of things. Amen. People on drugs and alcohol and uh, get to place of suicide and all kinds of of, uh, medications that they're having to take. Amen. That's the reason we got so many of them ABBs and GGGs and DHDs and all that. I don't know what I'm talking about there. But I know they got a lot of, well, this is, my kids got this, my kids got that. Why, we had that all our lives. My mom and daddy and your mom and daddy know how to handle it. Amen. And now we take them to the doctor and the doctor takes care and they medicate them all their life. Hey, you teach them right when they're little bitty, you won't have that junk. Amen. I still believe that. Somebody said, I don't, I don't agree with you. Amen. Amen. Well, get your Bible and show me where I'm wrong. I'll take the verses. Amen. I'll change my mind. I'll change that preaching. Amen. That's right. Uh, you know, well, my, my, my child's got an attention deficit or something. Boy, my daddy knowed how to get rid of that attention deficit. Amen. Get up here, boy. Get up here. Yeah, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amen. I bounced around right quick. I know what daddy's talking about. Amen. I didn't hang around to see what he was going to do. I know what he'd do. Amen. They ain't no telling how many deficits I had when I was little. But daddy took them out of me. <laughs> Amen. There's a lot of things I couldn't do. And daddy had a, he had a strong, uh, he's had a, a strong de- a drink of tea. But it wasn't the kind you sip. Amen. All right. So much for that. I believe tonight the church is the restraining force for your flesh. I believe you, if you followed God and stayed in the church, your flesh would walk right. You let the church guide you, direct you. You talk to a boy and girl going to get married and you say, look, and I've talked to them before and they come to me. It, it's always, I don't even like it no more. Don't, I mean, I don't care. These young folks say, you come, they say, I want to talk to you. You ask them, are they saved? Oh yeah, they're saved. They're so saved they can paint the moon blue. Amen. Are you telling me, going to follow God? Oh yeah, going to follow God. Are you going to build your life around the church? Yes, sir. Going to build your life around the word of God? Yes, sir. You know you're born again. Yes, sir. Amen. You perform a ceremony and they won't never go to church no more. Amen. Amen. I've been lied to so much, it's pitiful. You with me? But I'm telling you tonight, that's where this world is. But the church will keep your body straight. Your your church tonight will keep the world uh, from doing all the things that it does on you. And it keeps the devil in check. You know why the devil's so rampant tonight? Amen. The church don't have any influence on him anymore. Matter of fact, he's got influence on the church. There's three things I talked about in the church. The church will either be led by the Holy Ghost of God or it will be led by the devil himself. And if the Holy Spirit and God don't run the church, the devil will. And amen. And I want you to know tonight that if the home is not led by God, the devil will lead it. One's going to lead that home. God intended for the home to be led by the Word of God and God Almighty because He instituted it. 
Just like he did the church. And if we don't let God do it, the devil will do it. He set out to do it. We back off a little bit and the devil moves in. And so is tonight the pulpit. The pulpit is to be operated and guided and directed by God Almighty. And God is to give us the message we're to let Him do the preaching tonight. And I'll tell you, if He don't do it, the devil will. I'm not out of line, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we're where we are tonight. I want to look at these things. The church is to restrain. He's the restraining force of the world. That's the reason I believe when the rapture takes place, he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way or out of the world. I want you to know tonight, he's going to be caught out. The church is caught out. The Spirit of God will be caught out. And there's chaotic mess. That's why there will be a tribulation. The devil will take charge. He's on a leash to a certain extent tonight. There's just only certain things that the devil can do to you. There's only certain things that the devil can do to me. There's only certain things he can do to the church. But I'll tell you the lesson. The more we take off our hands uh, from the Spirit of God, the more the devil can control. But one of these days he's going to take it all. For a little while. It'll be shortly, but he's going to do it. Not only that, but the church is the foundation for Bible doctrine. You want me to tell you why tonight people don't know much about their Bible? The church is failed in teaching the doctrines of the Word of God. Right. Yeah. Amen. That's why uh, saints of God don't know much. Amen. I talked to somebody the other day and I talked about the three heavens and he said, What? Three heavens? There's one heaven. I said, There's three heavens. He said, I don't believe that. I said, What did the Bible say? Old Paul said he's caught up in the, the third heaven. If there's a third, there must be a second and a first. I didn't get to explain all that to him. He, he, he just kind of walked off and left me. That's all right. He wants to be. I read to myself after I left, I said, uh, he that is ignorant, let him be ignorant still. You don't want to know. I don't have to tell you. Amen. It's my job to tell you if you'll listen. But if you want to be ignorant, just be ignorant. You want to know Bible doctrine, you study your Bible. The church is where you're going to get that. How many of you go down to the library every once in a while and pick up Bible doctrine? How many of you go down to the doctor's office and get Bible doctrine? How many of you go down to the lawyer's office and get Bible doctrine? How many of you can put a Bible doctrine off the shelf in Walmart and push it down the aisle? How many of you go to the grocery store to get your Bible doctrine? Where do you, how many of you go to the courthouse to get your Bible doctrine? Where do you go to get Bible doctrine? The church. Nobody even answered that. It bothers me. You find Bible doctrine at the church. Alright, let's go. Not only that, but we find that the church is the only entity upon the face of the earth that God has ordained to spread the gospel. Amen. And the church's job, I'm talking about the role of the church in the world tonight, is to spread the gospel. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's our job to spread the gospel. You said, Amen, preacher, I, I believe you're right. Well, I know I'm right. But you know what? How many of you have been spreading it lately? That's another thing. You see, to say we need to spread it, 
But not too many of us spread it. Amen. It's my life. I don't know anything else right now. Amen. Matter of fact, I don't want to know nothing else. Praise God. I'm having so much fun. I'm having the best time of my life just trying to get the Word of God out. I'm enjoying it. I love telling people what the Bible says. I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have had this desire when I was 25 or 30. Yeah. Amen. I wish I had this desire when I'd been 30 and 35 and 40. Amen. When I had more energy than what I got now, I wish I had that desire. But I didn't know all this then, and I appreciate what God's given me. I want you to know the church is the ground and pillar of truth. It's also the place that you're going to get built up in the faith. How many of you can get online? Somebody says, oh, I buy things online. How many times have you got you a tub full of faith? Amazon will give it out to you two or three minutes, two or three days. If you're a Prime customer, if you got Prime, uh, if you're Amazon Prime, they'll send it to you pretty quick. But when you go home tonight, see how much faith you can buy. See when it's going to get to you. Amen. And I, and if you get one of them little boxes, it's funny looking, you know, with that little Amazon thing on it, and it's full of faith. Praise God, seal it up and hold it there and come over and open it up. I want to breathe a little of it myself. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Thank God for that. But where are you going to get it? You're going to get it down at the house of God. You said, I don't, my faith don't grow at the house of God. Well, what's your problem? Amen. I tell you to trust God all, all the time. I believe the Bible teaches you to trust God. That's faith. Faith is just believing God. You say, well, I, I'm going to live a life of doubt and confusion. and everything. Get in the Word of God. The church is where you're going to find that. Amen. I'm having myself a ball. I don't know about you. Ain't we having fun? Amen. Praise God. Well, I believe tonight uh, that, that when we get uh, down to it and see, we'll find out that the church is where the Christian is built up in faith too as well. Faith through the Christian brother can get the job done. I believe down at the church, one of the jobs of the church is to expose sin. Not only expose sin, but the church's job is to expose Satan. And the church's job is to expose eternity. That's the job. When the preacher preaches, he ought to tell you who you are, what you are, where you're going, and how you're going to get there. And uh, Try to give you a space to repent. I believe you're going to find repentance down at the house of God. Amen. Every once in a while I get on the internet and I buy a few. I I, I buy parts sometimes. And they'll sell me a little bag of parts. And it's called a grab bag. And I get a good buy every once in a while. But I found something about them grab bags. A lot of times it comes in. I've already got some of that. I said I didn't know if I was in there. I wouldn't have bought that. Amen. How many of y'all, how many of y'all tonight have got out and ordered things and then uh, uh, come in and it exposed sin in your life? It exposed Satan and told you where you're just going. You don't find that nowhere but down at the church house. All right? Uh, we believe tonight that the church is where you find uh, and be warned of the place called hell. Warned of eternity.
And I believe the church is what God uses to introduce sinners to Christ. Amen. God has chose through the foolishness of preaching to save men and women. God has ordained the church and laid His hand on it to guide it. Now let me just give you some things. These are things that has broken my heart. I look back and Brother Burrow must have been doing some of it. He has been doing it in some quiet time. And I believe he's been doing some today as well. But the devil has got these entities tonight and he's trying to destroy them. And here's how the devil has tried to destroy the church. Amen. We've already had enough meeting tonight for every one of us to be in a shouting and hanging from the chandelier. We're dead as dead can be. We need to be stirred up. I mean, we need to be brought back to life. We're living in a land of dead churches. Dead spiritual churches. Where there's no spirit of God hardly. Me and my wife went to sing in a little church one day, many years ago, that asked us to come and sing in a revival. And I would tell you where it's at, but I'm not going to do that. We went to that church. We prayed before we went. We sought the face of God. We knew it was going to be a hard place to go. But I didn't try to turn down anything. We went to that church. Cold as it could be. She and I sang. The Spirit of God touched us and I felt the presence of God, but it didn't move past the piano. I was glad to do something for the Lord. We hardly got a holy grunt, much less an amen. They sounded like they liked it. They smiled while we sung. I sat down and listened to the preacher preach or attempt to preach. And we got home or left to go home and I got out in the car. My wife said, what would you think about that? I said, well, I think that church would make a good chicken house if they'd just shut it down and put sawdust on the floor for the chickens. They'd make more glory to God than they did. You said, that's kind of rough. Well, I still believe it. It ain't never prospered. We got churches all around us tonight that are meeting. No spirit of God when you go in. No spirit of God in the singing. No spirit of God in the preaching. No spirit of God in the invitation. No spirit of God in the lives of people. They start it, they stop it without the spirit of God and go home and just claim that they've been to the house of God and God has gloriously touched them. We're living in a land of dead churches. I remember when you didn't see that much. Dead churches without the Spirit of God were talked about. They were marked up on the wall and saying, you don't go to there. And you know where they were. Now, brother, it's hard to find one that's got the Spirit. Amen. Amen. And the Pentecostals come along and thought they got the Spirit and to make fun of us. But amen, I want to tell you right now, I ain't dead. I feel like it every once in a while, my body, but I'm not talking about, my spirit's not dead. You with me? 
So I see we're living in the day of dead churches. I've watched churches get out of the worship business. I've watched them get into the entertaining business. Amen. I've watched them where they got into all these things. And I've seen where Jesus walked in one and he said, and he turned over the tables and he said, Make not my house a house of merchandise, it's the house of prayer. And we've seen that in our days. A lot of churches are being used tonight to sell all their wares and the, everything that people's got. And I want to tell you, I, I've seen preachers use it and I, I don't like it. Amen. If preachers come here and had tapes and all that stuff and books, I wouldn't let them sell them at the door. Amen. You said, preacher, I don't agree with that. I don't care. I've got books. I don't sell them. They need them. And the people that need them probably can't buy them. I give them to them. And they ought to do it too. I'm talking about some smart, right, fair, smart people got big old books and they'll preach a while and they'll say, you ought to get my book so-and-so. They're trying to sell books all over the country. Why people uh, wants to, they don't want to read books. They not, not too many of you will read books. Listen, if you ought to read the book, read the Bible. I glance at a few books. I glean a few books. I come through them. Amen. It takes a lot of book to keep my attention. Amen. I read it and I've done heard it a hundred times. I skip to the next chapter. I read that and I, if I pick up something, I'll read a little bit more. And then I look at it again and say, I already know that. Amen. Turn to another page. I ain't smart by no means. But I ain't got time to watch. Some folks read secular books more than they read uh, co uh, co commentaries or Bible books and some of them ain't right. Amen. Some of them will mess you up. Get your Bible. It's right. If it's King James. But we'll find today that churches are made a house of merchandise. They become social clubs where they entertain one another. I've watched this in days past. There was a time we didn't do that. It was a time, amen, now churches have went into other things. This, let me give you a few things that I've seen happen. I've seen churches turn into food pantries. Instead of preaching the gospel, what we're going to do is feed them. I know a church now... Uh, I don't know where they're still doing it at the present. The preacher's pretty old, sick now. But they used to have a food pantry. And every Friday they would have people come in and uh, they would make bags. And I used to give them tracks to put in the bag. I said, that's pretty good. At least to get to do that. But here they'd come in and they'd serve the community. I watched some of them come in there in fancy, fancy cars. You hear me? You tell somebody it's free, son, I'll tell you right now, you'll get everybody there. And so they come in and start getting that, and I'm not for feeding, I'm not tonight against feeding people. I'm not for, I'm not for not eating it myself. I will. But my ministry at this church is not a food bank. God didn't call me to go out in the food bank. He said, preach the word of God. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove and rebuke. Amen. And on Friday, here they come. They'd open the door at a certain time. 
and everybody and his brother from a community, half of them half naked, come in their church. And I said to myself, I couldn't feed them for that. I wouldn't do it. Amen. I'm not opening the church up to the public. Boy, that got quiet. I'm not opening the church up to the public to come dress like the world. This is a sacred place to me. Amen. You said you're crazy. Leave me alone. I've heard where preachers have changed and instead of being missionaries, instead of that, they're saying we're in a ministry of helps now. Some of y'all probably got friends that are preachers who are ministry in ministry of helps and are helping churches. Sometimes I've looked at that and they've used that for lots of times just to keep from going back to the public job. Ministry of helps. Hey, what church needs a ministry of helps if you've got God on your side and the Bible tonight and the Spirit of God? What do we need? Amen. We don't need somebody to come over here and tell us how to do it. Amen. Amen. Thank you for all them amens. <laughs> and uh, we've come to the place that we're in the business of ministry of helps and then Recreation centers, you remember when they started doing the recreation centers? You know what I used to say? Some of y'all, I'm going to remind you what I said here many years ago. I said they ought to build Christian, I'm, I'm for building Christian learning centers and Christian uh, educational centers and buildings to have all this, but not to go in and have recreation and play basketball. If we're going to have that, what we need to do is uh, section off the place and teach the little old girls how to cook and how to sew. I said, we got so many women that's grown today raising kids and they don't even know how to put a stitch on a sewing machine. I'm all for that. Or to take the boys and put them another side of it and teach them how to build uh, dog houses and bird houses. Amen. So they'll be carpenters. Amen. Now a little old girl, she'll, she'll be raised up and going to get married and uh, she'll have to call her mama on, on the second day of her marriage and said, Mama, I've done open ten cans of biscuits and ain't none of them got in the pan yet. And I hadn't found the Pillbury Dobo yet. Amen. And I guarantee you that tonight, if I ask you, there'd be some of y'all wouldn't know how to sew a button on my shirt. Amen. I know I don't. I wouldn't talk that. You understand what I'm saying tonight? Amen. You said you're making me feel bad. I hope so. I didn't call your name and don't know how you live. But somebody else might know you can't sew a button on. And they'll rib you off of that. Maybe you'll learn how. Amen. I got my daughter-in-law to sew on a button the other night too. I had some of the ladies in church said, they'll sew it on, they'll sew it on. I said, no, you ain't sewing on my buttons. <laughs> you go crowing for six weeks. I sewed the preacher's buttons on. <laughs> I mean, hey, 
Everybody think you and me got something going ever who you are. I stay away from that. You understand? But I've watched our churches come to place. Uh, now they've got uh, and, and they got stuff for the young people, and they're raising money for the mission trips, and they send them the mission. Listen, when they come back from those mission trips, I don't hear them talk about somebody they won to God and got saved. They just enjoyed the trip. Amen. Yeah. You're right. That's right. The church's job to see people saved. By the way, yeah. I'm troubled over that. Now our churches are so full of high technology. Oh, they are. Oh, yeah, I hear preachers. You know, I hear people talk about that. You know, I hear more people talk about Twitter and Facebook and all these other things out on the Internet. Our, our sermons are out on the Internet, and we got all that stuff. Amen. And I don't know whether you know this or not, but more of the stuff that's on Facebook out there is junk than anything else. They'll tell you, you said, I, I, I don't put bad things. No, but they do around you. Yeah. You won't get on it, you don't see something. Right. Amen. I don't have Facebook. But I'll know enough of this. I've seen enough of it to know I don't want no part of it. Yeah. All right? And YouTube's getting about as bad, is worse in some areas. Matter of fact, we're going to start putting some of our sermons on YouTube and I ain't so sure I'll get to stay on it long. This morning's message would have took me off of some of them. So we're going to try to find another platform that I can stay on. You said they're out there? Yeah, they are. What is that other? Rumble. Still rumble around on that for a while. Praise God. You hear me? And I'm not going to back off because I know that they're going to shut me down. Amen. Somebody's got to tell this. My time's running out. I can't get it all told. But I want to tell all I can. All right. We're living in a time of perverted Bibles. I've watched that. I remember when I was a boy, the Southern Baptists started putting in Things in the little classes. You've heard me say this before. And uh, they were putting different version Bibles. But they wouldn't put it in the adult class. Then they did it. And then here come a bunch of uh, boys through and said, We ain't going to have no part of that. We could coming out of that. And they established what they call fundamental independent Baptist churches. And we're going to hold the King James. The Southern Baptists held the torch a lot longer than the independents have held it. Now it's hard to find an independent Baptist church that preaches out of the King James. Can I get an amen right there? There's some out there, thank God, but not all of them. Amen. Now we find today, there used to be a time when the ladies would go to the house of God and men would go to the house of God. Now you look in some churches, there'd be some man in the choir singing with a t-shirt. Advertising something of the world on it. Amen. Women, basically the same. I tell you, you'll find more immodesty sometimes at the house of God than you will somewhere else. Not only that, but you'll find immorality at the house of God. 
Amen. I preached a little bit on this this morning. I'll leave it alone. We found in our years that there's a lack of separation from the world. There's a lack of prayer in the lives of men and women. Now we're at the place experiencing a lack of services. We can't even get enough people to meet now. I'm talking about Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, Sunday school and all that. We've got churches still can't go back because of COVID. I don't know what part of COVID they're going to have to forget. Amen. You said as long as people's getting COVID. Well, I'll guarantee you, you're going to keep getting COVID. Amen. Amen. And when you get when they get rid of that and they'll find some other reason not to go. I still ain't forgot that fella. They still don't have service, but that man told me over there in Stoney's a year ago, he said, we don't have service on Wednesday night, and I hope, preacher, that we never go back to it again because I don't like it. I thought, won't you, won't you just stay out anyhow? That's right. Let everybody else go that wants to go. Amen? That's what I feel tonight looking at it. Well, there's a lack of having services. There's a lack of reaching the lost. There's a lack tonight of witnessing. Not too many go out and witness now and tell people about Jesus. I enjoy it. Amen. I like telling them about the Lord. Sometimes they'll listen and sometimes they won't. Sometimes they ask me to tell them some things and sometimes they want me to shut up. And that don't bother me. I just keep it going. Praise God. But when I get one that wants to hear, mm, I load. I unload and load them. Praise God. Uh, we were looking at a time when there's a lack of study in the house of God. There's a lack of Bible doctrine that I talked about a while ago. We're at a time when we've seen our services turn from, to, from conventional to contemporary. They'll have a service early in the morning and have another service later in the day. And then they have another at night if they even have one. And the contemporary, they'll sing a contemporary songs, not songs like Brother Burl sung tonight. They'll sing things that stirs the flesh and not the soul. And the reason most of them won't do that is they don't have to dress up too good to come to some of those services. Come as you are. Don't make no difference. Dress as you want to dress. Come as you are. And when you get through, you can leave as you came. And get nothing in between when you're there. They put drums and bands. All kinds of orchestras and everything else in the house of God now. Amen. They've got piped in music. Amen. I've even watched this not only in the church, but the funeral homes. It's hard. Brother Burrow, you preach a lot of funerals. Ain't it hard now to find people that sing at a funeral anymore? They pipe it in. Amen. They do. I had to turn somebody down. I forgot what the song was, but they wanted no country song sung at their funeral. And I said, no, I'll get another song. Amen. Can you see me, independent Baptist preacher, standing in the pulpit and they got uh, islands in the stream or something coming down the road? 
I don't know much about but I, uh, somebody asked me to play that song at their, fun- at their wedding. I should have said funeral. But at wedding. And I said, no. We don't sing them things here at our church. I wouldn't even sing it at the funeral home. I wouldn't let it be played. Amen. And anybody gets a bad idea, you're going to play that while I'm dead? Brother, I hope God resurrects me before the resurrection morning. I'll come out on you like a chicken on a June bug. Amen. You hear me? I'm telling you tonight, I look at these things. Brother, it bothers me. I've seen this. Going to churches and the lights are turned down low. They got a light up on the wall and they're singing like you're at a karaoke at a, at a uh, what is it, uh, Saturday nights. What are they? Club or something? Honky tonky? You with me? And I say this seven lips, I call it seven, you know, seven verses, sing it 14 times. That's right. There's a preacher preaching the other day and I listened to him and he said he is somewhere and they had a song. A song had two words in it. And he said they must have sung him two words a hundred times. He was, he was so glad when they quit singing them. Wore him out. Are you with me tonight? We've watched that in our churches. We've seen that. Amen and Amen. I appreciate the Lord. Got our churches, they got car washes and junk sales. I'll tell you something that's ruined our nation in the spiritual realm and even in the fundamental independent areas. You won't agree with me on this and I don't care whether you do or not. But there's a man by the name of Jack Hiles come through preaching and teaching easy believism. I listened to Jack Howes on a sermon one time and he said, I went to the grocery store and I had tracts in my hand and said the lady was adding up my, my, my grocers and she said, I was witnessing to her and said she got saved while she was putting in my stuff and said she didn't miss a note. That can't happen, ladies and gentlemen. You said, oh, that was great. How many of you ever won like that? When you get under conviction, brother, you, you'll miss some notes. And if you don't get under conviction, you won't get the goods. Easy believism. And we got preachers get up all right now. Can you repeat this verse after me? That if thou shalt confess in thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. How many believe that? Old drunk sits back and says, I do. And he says, you're saved. And we know better. You said, that, that Bible verse is there, preacher. Yes, it is. And I preach it. You hear me preach it all the time. But I want to tell you something. You don't go around conviction and you don't go around repentance. And we've got so many that believe that. Amen. And then uh, I remember years ago, I mentioned this sometime back, uh, people started listening to Peter S. Ruckman. They're Ruckmanites. 
Some of y'all don't even know who that is. But some of you do. Peter S. Ruckman, they said, was a kind of a genius. He knowed everything. They called me up and want me to have a missionary that uh, they were having down there in his church. He's dead now. And I said, what church you go to? And they'll say, and I say, who's your pastor? And they'll say, Peter S. Ruckman. And I say, oh, uh, let me ask you, is he the one that's got four wives living? Well, yeah. But he said God told him to divorce them. And I said, well, as long as you're going to his church, I don't support no missionaries that come out of that church. You may be straight, you may be right, but I know you know his doctrine. And I won't have you. And I've never preached one of their missionaries. Don't intend to. But they got that started. And then people all up and down. We got people in Habersham County has got two or three wives. I know one in particular has got three. And two of them, the second one I think he said like to kill him. Give him poison. <laughs> Made me kind of look. I didn't say anything about it. But I thought, I hate she missed. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> Understand? Running up and down the country, people love them. They embrace them. Some of the greatest preachers ever was. I'll get a couple more tonight just in case you don't you ain't got mad enough at me. I'll give you another one to think on. I live in in the last fifty something years in the ministry, live longer than that, but preaching that long. And people have been crazy over a man called Billy Graham. I'm going to tell you something about Billy Graham. He is one of the finest men on the face of the earth in his early days. Somebody gave me a book by Billy Graham on faith. One of the best books I ever read in my life as a young man. He helped me. Had a lot of crusades and I took church members in the church that I pastored down to Atlanta. What is the ball stadium at that time is old, the old one sat on the bleachers and let my people hear him. And that's when he had the power of God on him. But he changed. He started hooking up with the Catholics. And the Billy Graham Association sent me a Bible one time called the Living Bible. Paraphrased. And I dropped all contact with him. And if you notice, and I'm not lying to you, but there was a time when God laid His hand on Billy Graham and it stayed with him for a long time and he won a lot of souls to God in glory and I'll never win what he's done. But did you notice in the later years of his life that nobody used him? God set him down. He'd have a little thing every once in a while. But a man that's on fire for God like he was at the first, God would have kept the doors open for him had he stayed with it. Now you may not agree with me on that tonight, but you better take that to heart. And the reason I'm saying that is because last night, 
I listened to an interview of Franklin Graham. Somebody interviewed him and asked him what he thought about Roe versus Wade. And he said, well, it's good. And he is talking to him. Well, do you think that that was the right thing to do? And he said, well, it put it back in the hands of the state and all that. And he said, don't you think it, that there ought to be no abortions whatsoever? He said, I'm not into that. That's not my ministry. That's what he said. I heard him say it. In other words, here's where I'll pull back. That's a compromise. Yes, I believe that there should never be another abortion legal. Murder. 60 million lost their lives. I'm against it. So all that said, I see some other things. I see today that there's no restraints. No, no evangelism getting done. I've even seen our seminars, our seminary, excuse me, back down. Seminaries are not teaching our preachers to go out and do what the Bible says do. Some churches even have seminars for finances. Because the preachers are, I don't know what's wrong. The preachers ain't telling them that they ought to pay their bills and get everything in order. I've watched this and I've seen this in churches. Not one I pastored. In other words, if you're in here and you fit this bill right now, you better keep your mouth shut and you better stay under the pew. Or you won't be here long. My wife come home one day and she said, down there where I work, said they got a swingers club. And I said to her, I said, what in the world is a swingers club? Now this ain't been too many years ago. I didn't know what a swingers club was. And she went on to tell me what it was. I said, I thought them people over there went to church. She said, there are ever one church members. And they got a swingers. You know what a swingers club is? In case anybody in here, maybe I'm the only ignorant one. I know about it now. Swingers club. They got together and they wife swapped and swapped out with the men and all that. And they slept with each other and went to church together. Now if anybody's doing that, I tell you now, you better stop right now. Amen. You understand? I'm just telling you. But I've seen, I, I've seen that happen in our churches. And we've got so much deception. Now let me just tell you this, and I'm going to close with this. You said, preacher, it's about time you shut up anyhow. Well, I'll tell you this, and then I'll let you go home. We've heard that. We've seen all this stuff in the last 50 years with our churches. We've heard preachers preach that you've got to be baptized, that you've got to do something for your salvation. You've got to tithe. You've got to do something. And doing good is going to equal salvation. And you're going to have to do all that. And just easy believism and all that. You just got to believe and just got to believe. And uh, you look at all that. And one of these days you're going to go to heaven. 
And they have deceived the people in our churches up and down this country. And they have come to the place that they are believing tonight that they are doing good. You know, you want me to tell you what a bad thing is? Is to live your life in the church here preaching like you're here tonight and die and lift your eyes in hell thinking you were going to heaven. And these people in our churches up and down the country thinks they're going to heaven and they've never met Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. They've never repented their sin. The Lord's never moved in. The devil's not been kicked out. They're trying to live with God in one hand and the, the devil in the other. And I'm going to tell you something. If you've been deceived, deception's got you, it's high time tonight you woke up, saw that you was a lost, hell-bound hell sinner and you need to repent and call upon God. Amen. And that's my message to you tonight. Amen. I cut it a little short. But I, I reserve a right to come back and finish. I'm, making a, I'm reserving that. Amen. Let's stand. We'll give an invitation tonight. I've seen a lot of things, ladies and gentlemen. I've experienced a lot of stuff. And if you can argue with anything I've preached on tonight, feel free to help yourself. I don't think you'll win, but I'll, I will stand there and listen. Bring your Bible. Let's look it over. Do you believe tonight that the world is full of sin? If the world's full of sin, do you believe the world's full of sinners? Well, isn't it amazing every time you read an obituary, they all went to home to go to glory. I, I hadn't, I've been reading them every time I get a chance, especially in Habersham County, and I read them, and I have yet to hear one say, I just went to hell. They've all gone to heaven. So I say there's room for you down there. Amen. Sing. What's your number? 44 in the blue book. Come unto me. Oh.